Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favorite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalized bet. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365 Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favorite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! Gee! He's round the goalkeeper! He's done it! Absolutely incredible! He launched himself six feet into the crowd and Kung Fu kicked a supporter who was without a shadow of an out giving him lip. Is Soccer Saturday the purest form of football broadcasting? How did pundits suddenly become the headline makers? And we reveal the formula to get your Soccer Saturday roving reporter name. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Access to The Athletic is just £1 a month. Go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to sign up. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. With me, first of all, is Charlie Eccleshare, who I presume is professionally excited about the, the prospect of the return of Gareth Bale to English football. But, Charlie Eccleshare, they say in football. What is it they say in football? They say never go back. Ah, <laughs> have you ever heard anyone say that um, without that kind of degree of separation? Have you anyone heard anyone you know, sincerely express that opinion that you should never go back? It's quite funny, actually. On my stag do, I can't remember why <laughs> we were taught, why that sort of subject came up. Oh, I think it was, a friend of mine was discussing whether he should get back with an ex-girlfriend or something right. and was told by another friend never go back the irony being that me and my now wife broke up for about five years and <laughs> wow. so we were all there because we both had gone back uh, ah. so I think that, that is one instance where you absolutely should go back in football i don't know yeah, well that's what they say that's what they say they do say football. that <laughs> this mysterious panel of people who utter these truisms on the subject of that alongside you is jack pitt brook welcome any other gems of accepted footballing wisdom that wind you up um to a similarly low-key level before you said never go back i thought you were going to say don't believe a transfer until you see them holding the scarf on the official website which oh, is, I, don't uh, think, I don't think that's something that they say i don't think that quite qualifies uh, i see, see a lot on twitter different kind of they yeah, it's very much a different It's a different kind of day. Days evolved. I was thinking about sort of truisms like the ball picking up pace after it hits the turf, which, you know, physicists would have a field day with, but I think might be complete bollocks. Yoni GT writes in and says, Penalties are a lottery. No, they're not. They're a test of technique and composure under extreme pressure, Charlie. Basically hmm. a test of being an athlete. Yeah, I mean, it is amazing, though, how often um, you, you will talk to people who know far more about football and have experienced proper football you know in a way that we haven't and they they do say that you know and, and obviously there are varying degrees of that but i am i am always surprised that even in 2020 um the idea that you know especially given that all they do is practice like they train every day <laughs> yeah so they, they must be aware that you know practice is important but there is still that 
widely held belief that you, you just can't recreate uh, the tension of, of a match. Jack, this is a very specific type of football cliche. This um, this kind of fulfills the, the purpose that most football cliches do, which is to kind of lubricate conversation about football between any 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 type of people, whether you know a lot about football or not. So data might not be able to back various assertions like this up, but they exist for a fairly good reason, don't they? Yeah, they do, and they also they serve as straw man. Like people love yeah. to claim people love to claim things that other people think, even if people don't even think that. Just so that you know, just because it gives you something to pivot against and to talk against. It's like people saying, it's like at the moment you get a lot of stuff on the internet with people saying like, um, oh, you know, Trump's actually got a chance of winning, and it's like. No, and it's like no one, no one is saying that he has zero chance of winning, <laughs> and yet it serves a purpose as a straw man to say, "Oh, well, there are some people out there who say he's got zero chance of winning, but I actually think he's got some chance of winning." But yeah. it's like you're battling against a viewpoint that barely even exists in the in, in the reality of what's being said. Quite right. Well, fans of accepted wisdom will enjoy this podcast, uh, uh, no doubt. But um, we have one. One matter for the adjudication panel to cover this week, which is um, rather under the radar as far as I'm concerned, was the release of the new Premier League anthem. Let's kind of make some observations uh, about this as it goes. Slight Jurassic Park vibes to kick off. Um, It's all very sports montage-y so far, Charlie. Yeah, or... um... I imagine, it's almost Black Beauty, that bit there. <laughs> What's this, Lynn? Um, <laughs> that was extraordinary. Yeah, the, the, uh, Jack, you have the kind of uh, mandatory kind of um, uh, flitting strings going through in the background there just to keep you keep you interested. Yeah, so when I was listening to this earlier, the two bands that I wrote down, it, it reminds me of, were Embrace and Elbow. It has got quite a kind of elbowy vibe. Oh, but do you know what? They basically rip off Elbow here, which I think is about this point here. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, one day like this. That that is, I mean, in the literature that I read underneath the YouTube video, there is no mention of elbows. So, the Premier League, for all their faffing around with copyright, looks like you're in trouble, lads. Because hey, if Elbow are listening to this, they are in <laughs> serious trouble. Um, it's quite a departure, though, on the basis of that of that first listening. It's it's sports montage by numbers, very inspiring and all that sort of stuff. Very good, and you can fit commentary over the top and a bit of crowds, all very good. But it's a, it's a huge departure from what um, the previous Premier League anthem was from 2016 until this year. Uh, let's hear that one. <laughs> That's quite a lot better, isn't it? I, I, I think it's it's a banger, isn't it? Uh, but I just can't really imagine teams really walking out to it, even though they they did for four consecutive seasons. But uh, yeah, just perhaps the new one is a bit more walkout friendly, Charlie. Is that because televisually we we don't really see that so much, or when we do see it, it's overshadowed by other stuff? You know, it could cut to an ad break or pundits still talking. Yeah, Premier League anthems are generally encountered via illegal streaming. I understand. Right. Um, that's that's when you consume them the most. So basically, those anthems are played on like on the Premier League's official content, and so if you're watching a game on Sky Sports, then Sky Sports will produce the stuff themselves and put their own things. Whereas if you're watching mm-hmm. an illegal stream from like I don't know Iraqi TV <laughs> or wherever, uh, then they'll just take the PL feed, and that means that you will hear all that music. And um, if you watch PLP 
or like watch a lot of their programs, which you can and you can find them, I think, on they're sometimes on BT Sport. Then you hear that that all the time, and I've done a, quite a few times. I've gone to do PLP shows at their studio in um, uh, Stockley Park. Yeah, get on And when you're there, obviously, like when in Stockley Park. When you're on the show, they play that. They play those bars. I think before and after every break, and before and after every show. And then when you're in the green room and they're showing all the PLP shows, obviously you'll hear that all the time. So it's being like, if you go to PLP to do even just one show, you'll hear those few bars of music roughly a million times. Mm. And it, so, so that that music is totally bored into my head. Similarly engraved in your consciousness, I assume, Jack, is Soccer Saturday, which is what, which is really what we're here to talk about for the next uh, half an hour or so. Soccer Saturday presumably holds a special place in your heart. You seem like you seem the sort of person you'd really enjoy over the years. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I loved it. I loved it. I haven't. I feel like I haven't really watched it for a while, um, mm. but I definitely, you know, I imagine probably when I was a teenager, I would watch it the most. Mm. So, because it was before social media and before Twitter, it was the best way. I think, with all, as much as I liked Five Live when I was a bit younger, it was the best way to find out what was going on at all the at all the games at this, when they were happening at the same time. And of course, back Absolutely. in the era of every uh, back in the era where you'd have like seven or eight Saturday three pm's on a week in the Premier League on a weekend, as well as the whole Championship and Below program, it you know it was genuinely really exciting hearing all the goals go in. But unfortunately, I think I imagine both the rise of Twitter and also the death the slow death of the Saturday three pm mean mm. it can't it can't really have quite the same. It's not really quite as powerful anymore. Interesting point Jack made at the start there, Charlie. There's, um, that he used to watch it quite a lot and doesn't really watch it anymore. And that that raises the question, uh, really, first of all, is who watches it and where? And in what context? How should you consume Jeff and the boys? Well, I imagine it might be one of those things where we're um, a little bit detached from reality in a way because, because we work in sports journalism and we live on twitter which which actually isn't really typical of the public at large like mm -hmm. you know the the most uh, for a lot of people they do still watch a lot of tv you know sports like golf and tennis have really big viewerships and i imagine soccer saturday is still watched by by a lot of people because it's familiar as well it's you, you know you know where it is it's, it's easy to find um but i mean yeah i'm the same as jack it's also quite a bulletproof concept, Jack, because you don't have to have the sound on when you're watching Soccer Saturday. In fact, if I'm any kind of indication of the cross-section of people that might, might watch it, I, I genuinely don't tend to have the sound on because you have all that kind of information kind of filtering through at the bottom. So you can have it on in a, in a pub in like a Weatherspoons or something like that, just on the, on the wall, and you don't need the sound on because you can still kind of just absorb it almost just via osmosis. You, you, will, you will suck in all that information somehow, even if you don't actually listen to the banter that's going on. It's a six-hour-long programme. Yeah, it is very long. So, to be honest, I can't. I wouldn't often watch the stuff before the games. The stuff after mm. the games is okay, but then during during the games, it's uh, yeah, you're right. You can watch it on mute. It's great in in a pub, in an airport. If you're if you're in the bar of a non-league football ground, it will always <laughs> be on. Yes. and it's good if you're you know, as soon as the non-league games finished, you can kind of go up for a pint and then see the mm. end of the games. One of my favorite memories of it, sorry, is that like when you know when when your team is winning in a league mm. game. And you're waiting for it to be over. And this is, again, this is a pre-Twitter thing. What you'll be dying out for is to see when they cut to the players, immediately the final whistle having gone, like taking their shirts off, handshaking the ref, clapping yeah. to the fans, that sort of thing. And that is the clip that tells you that your team has won. And of course, nowadays, you don't need that because people tweet full, will tweet the full time. Yeah, as soon as you're seeing actual footage. 
the handshakes between the managers, the whistle, it's it bliss. Just there's actual footage, and you're like, well, they wouldn't, they couldn't be showing that if the game was still going. It must be exactly. That's the only yeah. Legally, they couldn't actually show anything from the game until the until a player has finally taken his shirt off and and shared a sort of oddly familiar handshake with one of the opponents. Charlie, I mean, we 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 could easily fall into a, a trap here when we're talking about Soccer Saturday to talk about its unusual format that it shouldn't work but it does but it's it's actually a fairly logical thing um for them to do isn't it a logical circumvention of the 3 p.m blackout although I, uh, now i think about it when i take a step back they, they look like sort of amateur controllers um <laughs> just sort of sitting there not really knowing what they're doing it, it it's not actually that odd after all is it no, but I mean, I find that often the way with TV programs or anything that, you know, you'll see those programs, it's like 100 best sitcoms ever, and it will mm. cut to a BBC producer talking head, and it'll be like, when they came to me with a concept for an office <laughs> in Slough about a paper company, I thought they were mad. I thought they were absolutely <laughs> mad. And it's kind of like the nature of, you know, TV programs is that they are a new idea. That's kind of why they're good. Mm. And I kind of think the same with this. Yeah, it's like f- blokes watching football and we're supposed to watch that. But yeah, totally. I mean, you, you can't watch the games. And, it, you know, a time where there wasn't Twitter, there was CFAX. Uh, that was how yeah. I used to, uh, you know, consume games. This obviously was just a far more interesting, sexier version of presenting those numbers to you. And you had, uh, you know, actual people to watch talking about it. So it, it actually felt at that point, I remember watching it, you know, early on in its lifespan and it, it felt really futuristic. I mean, CFAX was a truly wonderful way of consuming the scores, but you had an element of control over it. I mean, I, I was so paranoid about my own team score that I used to I used to place one, one of my hands over the screen in my in my eye line and then slowly slide it across mm. to see what the other, what the home or away score was. And that was dreadful. Uh, Soccer Saturday doesn't give you that luxury. It takes away the control. Jeff's in charge. And Jack... We should address Jeff, obviously, because the, this program it has a, an element of potential chaos about it. You've got four or five not professional broadcasters all watching games at once. All sorts of things could happen. It requires a, an element of very sturdy glue to keep it all together. And Jeff Stelling is that man. Yeah, definitely. And and I think the older you get, the more you realise just how good he is. Like his yeah. performance is incredible. Like, he's so he's so fast and so erudite and so full of knowledge. Like there's a great I, I totally recommend everyone reading the uh, interview that Jeff did with Don McRae in The Guardian the other mm-hmm. day, where he talks about his sadness and people leaving, but he also talks a bit about the process that goes into the show and how, how much research he does. And he really brings that research to bear on the stage. On, on stage. It's not on the stage, is it? On on screen. It's and, his um, stage. Like you say, <laughs> it is his stage. And there's like you say, there's like that contrast between the kind of like slightly like scruffy amateurism of the people he's on with and Jeff's total like impresario control is one of the cool like the really cool uh juxtapositions of the whole show uh Charlie I think one aspect of the show which which gets mentioned a fair bit but I also think it's quite an underrated aspect of it um especially in in these modern times where we're obsessed with the Premier League is it impressively democratic um, piece of programming league two seems to matter almost as much as the premier league yeah no that is that is a that is a really good point and i think that is why it, it has such a widespread popularity and something that jeff stelling does so brilliantly is the heartler pool thing that he wears yeah. really well that's the sort of thing that if it wasn't authentic would be extremely annoying but because yeah. it does feel totally genuine you're on board with it and yeah i mean the, the i guess the other games or at least below kind of championship aren't maybe watched in quite the same way they're different aren't they because they have people at the games often yeah whereas the kind of bigger premier league games on a weekly basis on a weekly basis i'm surprised who they have at games you know further down the pyramid you know yeah 
in my naive broadcasting expertise situation, I just think that what they actually sent someone to, uh, you know, like Leighton Orient, they've actually got someone at the ground talking to the camera. That's that, that to me is, is an incredible use of resources. Well done to Sky. Fair mm. play. Hmm. Especially when it's a, you know, it'll be Paul Walsh or someone is doing like a League One game. And you're like, oh, yeah. that doesn't feel like that good a gig for Paul Walsh. Fair play yeah. to him. It just, it, it, I mean, for all the for kind of against modern football sentiment, Jack, Sky are actually doing a, a fairly good job of covering the whole league in, in six hours. That's a sort of whole football pyramid in six hours. Yeah, I definitely think so. Particularly given that in, you know, the last few years, newspapers, for example, will cover the football league far less than they used to. Like I think there's only one or two who who really give it a, give it a proper go, and we all you know everyone knows that fans of lower leagues quite understandably get a bit a bit anxious about their team not getting as much coverage as they should do. So it is really good to have like uh, Peter B. Green to choose another member of Man City's ninety four ninety five team <laughs> uh, at, at lower at, you know League One League Two games all around the country telling you what the score is. Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, the styles you like and everything at the price you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on doing just that. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love simple. It's a completely different way to shop and it's all about you. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk slash cliches to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalised just for you. You'll pay a £10 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time with no subscription. Delivery and returns are completely free and easy, so you can always send back items that aren't right for you. Get started with Stitch Fix today by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash cliches right now. Charlie, we couldn't really assess a piece of Sky programming without um, getting the inside track on this sort of thing from the, well, I was going to say the mouth, but rather the, the fingertips of Richard Keyes. Mm. He wrote a recent blog on the inside story of Soccer <laughs> Saturday, which was on, on the back of its recent, well, Controversy, I suppose. Um, here are some here are some well highlights. Let's, let's he starts off saying, "I'm in quarantine, so this could be a long one." Which promises it has your hands rubbed with glee at what possibly could be about to follow. He says, "Tomo, Charlie, and Latis have done their bit, and in their pomp, they were terrific." Can a pundit have a pomp? <laughs> I think they can. Yeah, I, I, I think okay. a pundit can because I think like uh, Keys and Gray had a pomp. Can a soccer Saturday? pundit quantitatively be dropping from their their you know peak levels yeah because i think someone like cammy for instance to me he as it went on mm. you know he, he the unbelievable jeffs were you often felt a bit almost sad and just going through the motions <laughs> when he was talking yeah. about you know stoke have taken the lead at southampton or something totally yeah. credible and it was kind of unbelievable jeff whereas i think in his pomp uh, that felt uh, a lot brighter a lot more energetic when was cammy's pomp um, late 2000s. I mean, yeah, probably. What was the what was the time where he missed a player getting sent off? That's always tweeted as like the most amazing moment in sports TV. History. I'm going to assume 2008, and I reckon I'm probably within two years of the right. Yeah, answer. I, I, uh, I would say about yeah six seven. Um, I think you could say that about anything in Premier League history. Frankly, <laughs> yeah. There we go, Jack. This following excerpt is possibly the most Richard Keys set of words I've ever seen. So here goes. Charlie, Nicholas that is, was always a regular on Andy's golf trips at the end yes. of every season. Andy would pay for everything, flights, accommodation, food, drinks, the lot. I like Charlie, but I was disappointed that he didn't <laughs> think to call Andy when we left Sky. The silence was deafening, but he wasn't alone. 
Everything about that just, just keys in a nutshell. It's doesn't perfect. he then? Doesn't he then go on to say once again about the fact that he wasn't sacked? He walked. Like it, it's just it, like when I was reading that, I was like, we'll this get is to just that. Don't you everything. worry. Everything. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's a classic example of like uh, when people say everything before the butt is a lie. <laughs> That's yeah, what they yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, and that is a good example of they. Can I just say that on um, uh, Keezy, uh, I think is is this. Uh, so I have a WhatsApp group basically dedicated to Keezy, um, <laughs> and, and we're honestly at the point we were saying today. We're honestly at the point where something will happen, and we're kind of waiting for Keezy's take on it. And this is what he said on Hammers Rodriguez, and and this prompted us to wonder whether genuinely the jokes. I on thought us. this was. A, I thought this was made up. I didn't believe yeah. it was true. So and I, then I, I had ge- to go and check it. It, it. Is is the joke on us, and he's just playing us because he says about Hammers Rodriguez, I wouldn't fancy him at Stoke on a wet Tuesday night evening, a wet Tuesday evening in November, but it would look great when the toffees are tuned up. For Everton to make an, an impact, he's got to dominate games. If I was Ancelotti, I'd be going after Troy Deeney. That's what Everton need. Reed and Gray again. Deeney would be fantastic around the club. Like Jagielka, he's a proper, in inverted commas, bloke. <laughs> like, that just seems so... Like, for him not to be aware, almost, of, like, how all of those things... Or maybe he just doesn't care. But, like, that... I, I don't know. I think the joke might be on us. Yeah, I think so. He's just that playing was the first. Us. That was the first Keys excerpt that I'd seen on Twitter that I thought this this has been photoshopped. Like, this, yeah, this is beyond yeah, Keys. <laughs> this is the final excerpt from his his inside track on Soccer Saturday, which uh, it's just just wonderful in every way. He says the first soccer. This is the first Soccer Saturday producer talking to him. He actually said to me, "We really shouldn't be going up against Grandstand. It's an institution." I said, "Mark, that's exactly why we should be going up against it. Our long term aim should be to take it down." Take it down. Take Grandstand down. That's that's Partridge, isn't it? That is Partridge. That bit from Keys reminds me of the bit in Apocalypse Now where where Harrison Ford <laughs> tells Martin Sheen to terminate Colonel Kurtz's command with extreme prejudice. <laughs> I, I also so think, good. just on that Partridge one, I think that intro might be his most... Uh, Partridge intro ever because he gets really sidetracked talking about because he says about I'm in quarantine so this could be for a long one and then the whole rest of the paragraph is about the the quarant the quarantine system in Qatar and he goes yeah, into you can't real digress detail. from when you haven't yeah, got anything to digress it, from it's amazing and that yeah. I wrote Bang Tar which took five minutes yada 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 and then she goes anyway um, it's just so, it's so good like that Partridge just getting bogged down in totally unnecessary detail. Okay, okay, so we, we've maxed out on keys. This is maximum keys. Um, back to what we were supposed to be talking about, which is Soccer Saturday. Uh, on a lighter note, players whose names always seem to be on the video printer whenever you look for whatever reason. Uh, here are some suggestions for you. Um, Basti says, Jamie Curitan, always for a different club. Mm. Robbie Michael says, yeah. the king of the video printer will always be Kenny Duker, uh, the good doctor, of course. Sam Brenton yeah. says Craig McCall Smith, which is, which is very much uh, what I was looking I've for. I've got him written down. I've got him yes. written down on my notes. This is, this is, yeah, yeah, absolutely perfect. He's got the perfect hatchet there. Well done, Sam Brenton. Spike JS says Naki Wells. DJM yeah. says David Goodwillie. And the Shoe Army Ooh. say, has there ever been a goal scored for Blackburn that flashes across the video printer and wasn't by Bradley Dack? I've also got Jordan Rhodes. Yeah. Down. Yeah, good shout. I did think about David Goodwillie, but I'm not sure if he's... 
I don't know. If, I, so I thought about writing in my notes and then thought, no, actually, I'm not going to go for it. That's fine. That makes it even better, the fact that, it, that you thought about it and, and then rejected it, and yet somebody else said it. So it's still there. It's still there. Stephen Dobby says Joe Patch is the current holder of the European Golden Boot, according to Soccer Dirt, Saturday's video printer. Um, I think he's finally hung up his boots, which is a shame, because uh, it was a real comfort to see his name at the bottom. Yeah, he was on a mic. Ross McCormack, another one. I mean, I kind of think mm. those kind of prolific in championship or slightly below or in scotland because then they're probably not getting the treatment of being covered necessarily by uh, an individual person so you will yeah. just see them popping up it would be remiss of us not to talk about the outgoing pundits your leticia's your thompson's and your nicholas's i am obliged by media reporting law to call it axed they, they were axed <laughs> But the swell of sentiment when those three left led me to believe that there's a sizable section of football fans that probably regard them, and Cammy as well, as, as their mates, because they spend a lot mm. of time with them in a virtual sense, don't they? Yeah, and, and they are very personable characters. Um, and it, it is a tricky one, isn't it? And I saw um, Jim White in The Telegraph wrote a piece on Question of Sport, where yeah. they've axed uh, Sue Barker, <laughs> Tuffers and Dawes uh, all in, in one fell swoop. And obviously... For the people who watch Question of Sport, as much as, you know, snowflakes like us might not like yeah. those guys, um, most of their viewers do. And, th- and that's probably true of Soccer Saturday. And I'm not saying, therefore, you shouldn't ever move people on. But yeah, I mean, they, mm. they there probably is a lot of fondness for, for Tomo and, and those guys. And they, they do that good job of making it seem like, uh, like they could be your mates down the pub. But Jack, on the flip side, or, or perhaps this is a neutral neutral perspective, I don't know. But does it actually matter who's providing these updates? This isn't this isn't full blown analysis. This is essentially relaying information. Um, does it really matter who it is? Does do you have to do you have to love them? Do they have to be a bit like your mates down the pub? One thing I always liked about the show, and I don't know how much how much this relies on, like always having the same people in situ, is when they would just something would happen and they would scream and then they. The camera would go to them. And I often associate Merson with this, but also to a lesser extent, uh, Charlie would be when they would, um, uh, and then you don't really know what's going on, and it takes them like 10 seconds to really get out what's happened. And the more yeah. times you see this happen with a particular person, the funnier it is. And like, I'm sure that in time I could develop that same relationship with Micah Richards or Tim Sherwood or, or one of the new, uh, someone new they might have coming on. But uh, I do like, I think like some degree of familiarity is nice, I suppose. Mm. on those on the panel people did you just illustrate adam's point there about familiarity by calling charlie nicholas charlie well the thing oh, yeah. is i was about to I say mean, charlie sh- mc nicholas and then i remember <laughs> that charlie mc nicholas works the athletic and then i kind of forgot what i forgot the difference between those two people and they merged into one in my head is that not james mc nicholas james oh shit no charlie mc nicholas is his brother who i also know <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. So you're you're all over the place. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, I am all over the place. Uh, but and uh, Charlie, perhaps this furore over McNicholas over the, or me? No. Yes, very good. Yeah. Charlie Eccleshare, perhaps the, the furore over their departure. I mean there there is an element of culture war about this and, and, and that's that's part of the course these days. But it leads me to think that pundits are now quite newsworthy in their own right, which is a really strange state of affairs to get to. Take for example Gary Lineker's new BBC contract this week, which was reported pretty much along the same lines as a player's new contract. Um, I saw these words. Lineker signs new five-year deal with the BBC, keeping him at the corporation until 2025. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it when they, anybody announces a new contract. Not only do you have to say how long the deal is, but then you have to clarify how long it takes them till, because it's just that's what you have to do. It's, maybe it's just padding out. Maybe new contract stories just aren't, don't have enough information in them. You have to pad it out with maths. Keeping him with it. That's amazing. Keeping him, <laughs> Keeping the him the corporation. 
the beloved the, TV the network. The Under Fire National Broadcasting Corporation. <laughs> that sets up the idea that when Gary Lineker's got two years left, the BBC will have to renegotiate or, <laughs> or he can go for a cut price. They'll have a big decision to make. Yeah, who's going to get him on a Bosman? Well, it could guitar. BT. I mean, he's you know he has those loan spells at BT. Could they, oh, could they make yeah. that permanent? Dual registration, uh, as yeah. Wikipedia would put it. <laughs> Balding is an awkward topic for men, yet a lot of us start losing our hair before we hit 40. And the best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Hims was created to make it easy for guys to seek care, especially guys who avoid seeing the doctor in person for awkward health conversations. Not everyone wants to have personal conversations face to face with a stranger in a white coat. So Hims connects you to real doctors online which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You'll get a proper consultation and we'll give you sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier to book your free consultation. Just go to forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. That's forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. Jack, we've definitely talked about this on on this podcast before, but I'd like I'd like your take on it. To be honest, the real stars of Soccer Saturday to me are the kind of platoon of roving reporters they've got, which which all and they're a bit like referees. They all seem to have kind of uniquely footbally names, all made up of elements that are actually seen quite every day and not surprising at all. So your Dave Bracegirdles, your John Gwynns, your Tony Incenzos, um, they're the real heroes <laughs> of this Davis. production. Yes, not the original Dickie Davis. He's always a lot younger than I expect him to be. Those guys are great because, again, they bring that kind of like, just like local enthusiasm to it. I, I really mm. like Neil Mellor as well. Yeah. A rare former footballer on the show. Um, Dominic Cork, the former England cricketer, is sometimes what? seen, I think, what? at games. I'm sure I've seen Dominic Cork at a game on that. I've definitely seen Dominic it, Cork do bits. Is it definitely the... the, the it's definitely him. It's not just a bloke called Dominic Cork, yeah. which is, again, a rare No, 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 it's definitely name. Dominic Cork. Hmm. I might have got this completely wrong, but I'm sure I've seen him. I've definitely seen him do Deadline Day for Sky Sports News. Oh, no, you're right. Like yes, of course. Stoke yes. City or Derby or somewhere. And no, I'm sure I don't know why I've it's surprising. Game. Yeah, I don't know why it's surprising. He's perfectly allowed to report on football. Charlie, I'd really like to get into the nuts and bolts of some of these names because they are perfectly football-y names. Uh, Simon Woolmer writes in and says, uh, I'd like to know what Jonathan Beals does when he's not describing the opposition's fourth goal at Roots Hall every other week. Again... <laughs> They are. They do sound like normal names, but they're also just very Soccer Saturday reportery names. Uh, perhaps all three of us do have kind of Soccer Saturday roving reportery kind of names. I can imagine goal at the city ground, Charlie Eccleshare, which way has it gone? Jack Pitbrook, perhaps reporting from, let's say, Swansea? The Rico. Yeah, oh yeah, we should be getting stadium names in here. You're absolutely right. Uh, I wasn't sure what reception we would have to this, but I put it out there. I asked our listeners to suggest some roving reportery names. Uh, the Athletics' Dan Barnes says, we've got another goal at Deepdale, but which way has it gone? Gary Horsewhistle. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, Very seems to The Medeski seems to pop up all the time here. Tim Bill says, we told you it was end-to-end at the Medeski. Paul Bletchard... Or is it Bletchard? <laughs> Paul Bletchard. Tell us, tell us what's happened now. Paul Bletchard, Bletchard is a very good... Yeah. Jack, Michael Clapham writes in, and he himself sounds like a Soccer Saturday roving reporter. He says it's over to Simon Fowler at the Medeski, and Becky Staunton has news of a frac car brewing at Meadow Lane. <laughs> Becky Staunton is very Soccer Saturday. It's kind of like sort of warm kind of abbreviation of normal first name followed by a name that vaguely recalls a former footballer. I think that's the kind of territory you have to get into. But would you like to hear your Soccer Saturday roving reporter names? 
I'd love to. Yeah. Okay, Charlie, here's the formula. It's your mum or dad's first name, you can choose. And then the first part of the surname is the last item you bought for your house, plus the last syllable of your surname. <laughs> God, I think that would be William Hammershare. Willie Hammershare. <laughs> yeah, Willie makes we- it. That's really good. <laughs> Yeah. Goal at the Rico, Willie Hammershare, which way is it gone? Uh, Jack, let's hit me with it. Okay, um, so I'm going to go for uh, John Tupperware Brook, which actually sounds like uh, both like also, it sounds like simultaneously both totally implausible, but also too similar to my actual name. <laughs> John Tupperware Brook. I can see uh, John Tupperware Brook being asked for because he sounds too American. He sounds too American to be. It's just too yeah, many that's syllables the danger. Are too long. Yeah. It doesn't work. Maybe if I'd said, like, fr- I don't know, frying pan brook, that's even worse. <laughs> I, feel like, I, I feel like I can't deliver good content for this segment. I think my, really my, my name and my uh, boring household purchases have just kind of sunk it. Yeah, you, you, you buy too many polysyllabic items for your house. That's the lesson here. Uh, mine was simply Chris Carpentry. Mm. Um, which I'm pretty happy with. Maybe, maybe he sounds more like a, yeah. take that away, embrace it. But I, I think I think the winner there was Gary Horsewhistle, so well done to Dan Barnes. But yeah, Soccer Saturday. Long may it continue, Jack, because um, I mean it's bound to evolve. But but it's an enduring concept. I can't I can't ever see it being outdated unless three pm games suddenly become televised left, right, and centre. Yeah, I mean I do think that is the big the big threat to it is the process which I think we're now seeing, which is fewer three pms and the Premier League games getting spread all the way through the week at stranger and stranger times. But then, you know, there's there's still championship and below and Scottish football and maybe they'll push into National League. Like, there's still a lot of football that they can cover on that. The longevity of the show is amazing. Like, reading the Keys blog, he's talking about Vic Wakeling, Andy Melvin, Mark Schofield. Like, those were the guys who helped to set up Soccer AM in yeah. sort of 1995-ish. So it's been mm. around 25 years. Even in the Don McRae interview with, with Jeff Stelling, and he mentions this, uh, the death of George Best. Like, George Best died 15 years ago, mm-hmm. and he was a fixture on the show before his before he passed away so it's it's clearly a show with like soccer in with remarkable longevity and i don't think and even though you know there are structural reasons why people might watch it less than they did before and rely on it less than they did before it's still really good fun and it's still good to have on in the background so i don't imagine that like it's in a greater sense it's under any it's under any threat charlie finally if if jeff were to follow through on his thinly veiled threat to resign um who can you ever imagine replacing? Who can, who can you imagine stepping into that particular hot seat? I know Keezy in his blog did suggest at one point that he was ripe for, for the opportunity, but uh, it's too late for him. Who can you see taking on that mantle? I mean, would it, maybe I'm just saying this because I've got soccer AM in my head, but would, could it be someone like Max Rushton, who, um, you know, is, if they're trying to appeal to a younger audience, um, he's someone who... You know, obviously, is a fair bit younger, and uh, you know, has quite a lot of respect in the game as a broadcaster. I think he's really good. Um, mm. Someone like him, perhaps. I mean, unless they wanted to have it as a an ex pro um, as the presenter as well. But yeah, I think yeah, someone someone I, I would, like Max potentially. Yeah, I would go. I would go for precisely three points with Max Rushton. But um, but uh, I, I I just I I feel like it's. I, I can't imagine him sort of bellowing out um, uh, sort of stats from from League Two with quite the same kind of um, instinctive gusto. He's too amiable, or maybe I love Max, uh, but I wonder whether for this kind of thing you might want someone who just brings a little bit more like intensity and perform and like dramatic performance. I don't really know who that would be. Maybe yeah. you could get like an auctioneer or an actor or 
someone who who comes with a very different set of skills just to recreate that kind of <laughs> stelling performance level. Sue Barker's available, so <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, well, yeah, maybe or, that's the only solution we've got. Or Tuffers, or Doors. Or Latisse, perhaps, sort of coming back. But as they say, Charlie, yeah, never go back. Which is a shame, because uh, both of you are recurring guests on this podcast, so looks like I'm going to have to find other people in the future. <laughs> Nonetheless, thank you both for joining me for Soccer Saturday Dissected. Uh, have a lovely day. See you next time.